Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. Well, hello there, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Doctrine Matters Podcast. Over the past few weeks, we've talked about a little bit of everything, things that are happening in this world, things that we have seen going on. We have talked about the Southern Baptist Convention, the riots, George Floyd. We've talked about depression even. There's been kind of a lot of ups and downs and and things that we've talked about, a, a wide variety of things here on the Doctrine Matters Podcast. And it's kind of started out as doctrine. And we're still going to bring everything through the Bible and look at doctrines of Scripture and that we find in the Bible. But this podcast has also been uh, kind of taken into a form of its own in the shape of Christian living and kind of the current events that we find ourselves in. So uh, you never know what you're going to get on the podcast. So we're going to run everything through a biblical lens. That's what we're going to do for sure. And today, I kind of want to tie all of the things uh, together that we have been talking about over the past few weeks. I know that we began the podcast talking about doctrine, then we got into some current events. So a lot of things happening in our world, and it's easy for believers, if we're not careful, for our thinking to be changed by one thing or another. our Our thinking can be changed simply by a friend of ours. We might hear a story or some sort of position that they find themselves in or Uh, what they think about something, and we can easily change our thinking and fall right in line with the same way that they think. If we're not careful, we could be doing great harm to ourselves if we go with just what our friends think about a subject or a topic or uh, even doctrine itself. One of the things that I really push back against is taking people for their word. The Bible teaches us to test the Spirit, so I believe that we must be diligent in testing not only our preachers. So if if your pastor is preaching every Sunday morning, you must not just take his word for it. I am a firm believer that you need to go back home, study through what he told you, take notes on Sunday morning, go back through and study for yourself to make sure that what you're hearing is the true word of God, because unfortunately... Many people find themselves in churches that the pastor doesn't teach the true gospel of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of false gospels being preached, prosperity gospels, so many different things being preached. So you should not just take your pastor's word for it. Yes, you may have one of the greatest pastors ever and one of the most godly, biblical men that you have ever known teaching you the scriptures, and that's great. But still, at the end of the day, I believe that we must hold each other accountable And we must make sure what we're hearing, even from the best of teachers, is truly the Word of God. So we must study the Word of God and be very careful to study the Word of God, to know what we're hearing. And it doesn't stop at pastors. So if we're not careful, we can fall into a pastor's line of thinking and the way he interprets the Scripture that could be wrong. For instance, the prosperity gospel. If you listen to fellows like Jesse Duplantis and... Uh, man, what is his name? The guy that uh, called people on a, an airplane, the demon tube. Uh, Kenneth Copeland. 
Kenneth Copeland, Todd White. You can listen to all these guys, man, and they're, they're going to make it sound just enough right. And they're going to wrap it up, and it, even Satan comes as an angel of light, right? So they're going to wrap up just enough truth in as much false gospel as they can and heresy that they can, and they're going to manipulate you, and they're going to make you believe something that's not really there. So that's why it is super important for you to be able to have a copy of God's Word. And let me just say this. I said this to my congregation last week, that you need to get a physical copy of the Bible. You can have the Bible on your phone all day long, but you and I both know what happens. When we try to read our Bible on our phones, we get text messages, emails, we check Facebook, we do all of these things other than reading the Bible and spending time in the Word. Something that happened after church on Sunday is a a church member sent the notes that he took during church last Sunday, and he said, uh, put in his notes that digital Bibles are no good. They suck, is what he said. Those were his notes, and I got a tickle. I got a a chuckle out of it, a tickle. I got a chuckle out of that uh, because he heard me say that you need a physical Bible so you can read, so you can smell, so you can write in. Yes, I did say smell, and all you book lovers know exactly what I'm talking about. There's nothing like the smell of a book, nothing like the smell of the pages of a Bible, and you need a physical Bible, so you can open it, carry it with you, wear that thing out, get somewhere away from all of life's distractions so that your thinking doesn't get caught up in the wrong things when it comes to what your preacher is telling you. And if you find that your preacher is not telling you what is right according to God's standards through his word, then you need to be finding yourself a new church. That's why you need to be careful to guard your heart and to guard your mind and to test the spirits and test everything that your pastor says. And it's not just your pastor. Many of us are on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on all of these things that we see every single day. We see articles, we see social media um, rants and um, tirades of what's going on in the world. And if we're not careful, we can find ourselves getting on a bandwagon train of thought that could really be detrimental to us as believers. So it's important that we know what we're reading when we read these articles and and, and when we watch YouTube videos. We need to be careful with what we're watching. We need to make sure that we run everything through the biblical lens that God has given us through his word. We need to make sure that we test everything that we hear from our preacher, every social media post that we read, every YouTube video we watch, every Google article we read, every magazine article we read, every um, every movie we watch, everything that our neighbor says, that our family members say, we need to be careful to guard our minds so that we don't find ourselves going down some train of thought that leads us into something that is unbiblical or something that could end us end up getting us in a world of trouble and especially something that goes against the word of God which would lead us into sin. So, we need to guard our hearts. Yes. And we need to guard our minds, and we need to test everything that we hear and everything that we read, and we need to test it up against the standard, which is the Word of God that has the final authority in the life of a believer. And one of the greatest passages of Scripture in all of the Bible for me when it comes to this is Romans 12, 2. I have always loved Romans 12, 2 because it says this, 
do not be conformed to this world. Let me just stop right here. It is really easy to be conformed to this world, to the pattern of this world, to the the next wave of thinking when it comes to this world, because let's just think about our world right now and what we're in. I mean, we are in a crazy time in our world. There is so much going on, and I don't even know if this is true, but as I just read on social media, again, you got to test everything, but it wouldn't be surprising to me if it was that a group of feral hogs ate $22,000 worth of cocaine that was hidden in this field somewhere. I mean, this is like June, the boar hogs are eating uh, cocaine, right? The crack hogs. It's crazy. I mean, I wouldn't put it past 2020 for it to be like that. But even in that, we have to understand that in our thinking, we can't just take everything that we hear as the gospel truth. We have to make sure that what we hear is backed up, that we can make sure that we uh, see the the testing of what we're reading, make sure we see the facts of what we're reading. We hear those facts. And I'm just using the, the, these wild boars eating $22,000 worth of cocaine as a, as an example, obviously, but we've got some major things playing out in our world right now. We have got what I would say would be two different hands of black lives matter. On one hand, you have legit black lives that matter just as, on the other hand, you have Black Lives Matter, the political movement, which is godless, which is something that Christians should stay away from, and we should not even entertain the Black Lives Matter movement, because if you were to look at their statement of faith, their their webpage or whatever, you could see their bullet points, and you would see that it's a godless ideology that Christians have no business being anywhere around submitting to, giving to, all of these things, and it happens as a result of understanding a biblical worldview. So you see these things that are happening in our world, and if we aren't careful, we can get lost into these ideologies because they quote-unquote sound good. It sounds good to me. It sounds like we're going to see a reckoning. We're going to sound like we're going to see justice from this group once and for all, and if you were to listen to my last episode that you know that justice will not be fully served until Christ comes back. And we live in a fallen world. So we can seek justice. We can seek reconciliation through these things, and they sound good. But ultimately, we have to seek reconciliation through what the Bible says. We live in a time where uh, rioting is almost glorified, so everybody wants to do it because that's the going thing right now. It it seems like that there is this uh, massive wave of people that are jumping on these bandwagons, and they don't really understand the implications behind them. Now, one of the other things that's happening is Chaz in Seattle, Washington, the autonomous zone there. If you're keeping up with that, six or seven blocks, I think, have been overtaken. And uh, I watched a video tonight of reporters for Fox News basically get run out of there. They couldn't even do a live shoot but they because they were cussing and using profanity. And I looked across this landscape. I looked across these individuals, and I said, man, this right here is an example of what I think is a lot of times a bandwagon scenario. You got men and women that have raised their children. Some probably not have raised their children to do right. Some are probably going along with their friends because this is quote unquote cool. Uh, you got a lot of this just groupthink, what we call it. And 
I just sit back and I wonder how many of these people really understand what they're doing, what's happening, what the future is going to look like, and how many of them are just doing it because this is cool, that this is something that's never been really done before, or at least in our my day, and something that is just, it's hip right now, but it's eventually going to run its course, because we give in to thinking that what this next wave of thing is going to give us pleasure, it's going to sustain us, it's going to do all of these great things for us in our life, but really, we jump on these bandwagons, and they are actually no good for us. It's like I'll just say it, sports teams. I live in the South, and the University of Alabama football has been on top for years and years. And in recent years, it's been Clemson, Alabama, Clemson, Alabama. But in the SEC, Alabama is the team to beat. We're going to see what that looks like this year, uh, but this is not a sports show. Maybe that'll come later. We'll talk some sports. I don't know. Who knows in this game of podcasting? But there are people that I know that jump on the Alabama bandwagon just because they're good at football, just because they win games, just because they want to have a team to root for, because they want to root for a winning team, not a bad team. Well, I'll tell you who my team is. I don't mean I don't I mean I've been a fan for years. They have their own controversies going on right now and have for quite some time, but the University of Mississippi, the Ole Miss Rebels is the team that I have been four. I grew up 45 minutes from Oxford, Mississippi. They've been my team. They still are my team. And I've been with them through thick and thin. I will not be a bandwagon fan. Again, I told you this isn't a sports show, but here we are talking about sports. I'm not going to be an Alabama fan just because they win. I'm going to be an Ole Miss fan because that's who I grew up being a fan of. That's who I grew up closest to. So that is my team. Many of you know what I'm talking about when I talk about these bandwagon people that jump on the bandwagon of the team that is winning the most, and here's the thing. They think that they want to do this, right? It's this mind thing that goes on. They're conforming to the pattern of the world. They're conforming to this team because they want to cheer on this team because they win. The people in Chaz, there's many of them there in that autonomous zone that are conforming to the pattern of the world for whatever reason, whether it's cool, whether it's uh, nifty, whether it's hip, whatever the case may be. Many people are, 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 are jumping on this and thinking that it's the next big thing. It's like the false gospel, the prosperity gospel. People will hear it, sounds good, and they... In their mind, they think this is exactly what I need because if I sow a seed of $54, I'm going to have $5,400 in a matter of weeks. Or I'm going to have a brand new Benz or I'm going to have a new wardrobe. I'm going to have all of these things. So that sounds good to me. So in my mind, I'm going to conform to what I'm hearing. And the false gospel of the prosperity gospel is something that you can conform to. It is a false gospel that should be anathematized, should be considered accursed, as Paul teaches us in Galatians. But we have many people that wrap their minds around this because they're not guarding their mind, and they're conforming to this teaching because it fits what they think they need. Now, Paul is appealing to us, say, do not conform to the pattern of this world in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. But 
But anytime you see a but in Scripture, you need to circle it and underline whatever comes next because what's next is just as important as what we just read, but this is going to have huge implications on what we just read. Paul says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. So don't, don't give in to this thinking that you have to do what everybody else is doing. I remember growing up, I was told by my parents, and just as many as you probably have too, they said, if, if so-and-so jumped off a bridge, would you do it too? Because they thought that everything that my friend did that I wanted to do too, whether it was dress like, talk like, drive like, uh, have the same sunglasses, shoes, etc. They would say, well, if they're going to this place and I wanted to go to this place, and they'd say, well, if they were jumping off a bridge, would you jump off of it too? Well, obviously not. I don't think I'd want to jump off a bridge, but I understand what they are saying. You, you want to be just like this person. You have to uh, conform to the pattern of them. And that's the same thing with this world. So here we have do not conform to the pattern of the world, but, and then Paul says, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So we need to transform our mind. We need to change the way we think. We need to change the way we see the world we need to understand, as believers, we need to see the world as fallen, which means that we go back to Genesis chapter 3, we see that the fall brought sin into the world. Romans 5 teaches us that because one man's sin, sin and death entered the world. Romans 3.23 and 6.23, we see all of these things that uh, we all fall short of the glory of God, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So instead of conforming ourselves to the pattern of the world, we need to transform our minds and understand that the world has fallen, and we need to transform our mind into who Christ is. It, we need to get our thinking straight. We need to pull back the thinking in our minds from the world and focus it on Christ. I love the book of Colossians. Paul says, set your minds on things that are above. And he prefaces that by saying, if you have been saved, basically, if you have been changed, if you have been redeemed, then set your minds on things that are above. So our minds must be focused on Christ and his word. We cannot focus our mind on things of the world. We are not of the world, we're in the world, but we must have the mind of Christ. So we, as believers, can easily still get caught up into conforming our minds and our, our thoughts and our lifestyle to the pattern of this world, but we need to be clear that Paul is calling us, or, is, or really God is calling us through his word to transform our minds, to change the way we're thinking. So we have to guard our minds, not give in to everything that's new, not give in to every single idea that comes along, we must be very careful with everything in this world, and we must run everything through the biblical lens that is that the Bible that God has given us. So we have to understand that this evil age we live in, it threatens those that belong to Christ. Just because we belong to Christ doesn't mean that we are good to go. Many people think that they get saved and they're good. They live in this bubble, but we're not called to live in a bubble. We're called to be in the world, not of the world. We're called to be pro proclaiming the gospel. We're, we're called to make disciples, but we are not called 
to give in and think and look like the world. We are to be like Christ, have the mind of Christ in this dark world that we live in because this dark world still threatens the mind that is or the heart that has been changed by God. So a Christian can still be pulled into the world and give in to the patterns of this world. That's why we must not only guard our hearts, but guard our minds as well. Our minds are made new, just like our heart is, but our mind is still fallen as long as our, as well as our heart is still fallen. So we must do the work it takes to discern the will of God so that we can test these spirits and test these things of the world by the word of God so that we will know where we need to be thinking, where we need to be submitting, what we need to be saying, what we need to be doing, and all of those things will reflect the glory of God and the exaltation of Christ because we have tested them, ran them through the word, and we stand renewed in our minds. We must be very careful to guard our minds. The Bible goes on to say here, transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So let's just, let's just think of it like this. Many of you listening, uh, I know many of you, and you know that the prosperity gospel is a false gospel that should be uh, anathematized, and you know that it is not the, the gospel of the Bible. So you know that when you read the scriptures, the prosperity gospel is not good. It is not for the believer. It is not for the unbeliever. How do you know that? Because that's not the will of God when they say, sow your seed of $54 and you'll have a Benz by Monday because you don't see that in Scripture. Now, what you do see is that if you give cheerfully, that the Lord will bless you. And if you read Scripture and study Scripture, you'll know that that doesn't necessarily mean in the form of money or material possessions. God could bless you by giving cheerfully, in the form of a relationship that has been restored. It could be a good health report. It could be it could be money, right? But even in that, we understand because we have the mind of Christ or should have the mind of Christ that when we give of our offering cheerfully on the Lord's day or whenever you give, then we give cheerfully in obedience to who he is and who he's called us to be. We don't give to get. And the Bible teaches us that. However, the false gospel, that is the prosperity gospel, will teach you to give so you can get more. And that, friends, is what we mean by not conforming to the pattern of this world because that is a worldly false statement that is made over and over again that people are preyed upon and and manipulated to give their hard-earned money to these so-called preachers And these people think they're going to get something great in return when really they've been deceived. Now, when you study your scripture, when you study the Bible, you know that they're being deceived so that you won't be deceived. And if you give according to the scriptures, you give out of obedience, you give cheerfully, and you give as an act of worship. And God will bless you for that, but we don't give for the blessing. We give for the obedience. We give for the act of worship. 
So that is just a little example of things that we have to be really clear on when we're studying the scriptures and we're guarding our minds when we're rolling through the Bible, when we're rolling through listening to sermons, when we're rolling through listening to our neighbor talk, when we're listening to the news, when we're listening to Fox or CNN or whatever your, your news source of choice is, whatever it may be, everything that we hear, everything that we do and see and say, it all has to be run through the Bible. And you may say to me, well, Stephen, don't those prosperity teachers run everything through the Bible? Absolutely not, or they wouldn't be teaching it. One of the things that frustrates me the most is they claim that they can heal people, and Kenneth Copeland was blowing his breath all over the place and saying that he's blown COVID-19 out of here. Some of y'all seen every meme and, and remix to that that you've ever seen. He's had his had his guys doing his social distancing beside him, and they repeating him like weird chants and stuff. And one of the things that bothers me is he's going to heal COVID-19 and get it out of here, yet he's doing that from his church building. Why are these guys not going to the hospitals? Why are they not going to places where people are sick? That's another podcast, and it's probably going to be one pretty soon. But people are believing this stuff because they're not guarding their minds. A quick story recently, well, it's been about a year and a half or so now, but it hasn't been recently. But about a year and a half or so ago, we went to, me and a buddy of mine, went to a Word of Faith church where they were having a a night of healing. And we wanted to go watch and observe and just kind of see and and kind of a a research purpose type thing because it was right in our community and we this place is full of people that have gone to this church. So we wanted to go just kind of soak it in and watch. And I can tell you that I watched people limping up to this stage. They had hands laid on them. They were running through there just touching people. They were falling out. They were covering them up with sheets when they got up. I watched this one guy, I kid you not, walk up. He was limping. He got up, limped back to his seat. And then after it was all said and done, when everybody got up, the guy standing up there said, now, if you were healed, I want you to stand up. Well, he looked at his wife, and he kind of looked around like, ah, what do I do? And then finally he stood up. I'm like, brother, you limped up there and limped, I think, even harder back. I mean, it looked like he may have hurt himself when he fell or, or was, quote, unquote, slain in the spirit. Maybe he hurt himself when that happened, so it looked like he limped even more back to his seat, yet he stood saying he got a healing. Some of those things, just people believe, man, they were all over, they were loving it, they were cheering, they were speaking in tongues, all of these things, and I watched a guy over here that you could clearly tell that he was um, suffering from some sort of cancer, and had a mask on. This was way before this pandemic, so needed a mask on so he didn't make him sicker. And man, this 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 guy left looking defeated because he came to be healed. They wheeled him up there in a hospital bed and they wheeled him out of there in a hospital bed. And he, and just seeing it in his eyes when they rolled him past me, I was just frustrated and angered in my spirit that so many people are given to this and and they give their hard-earned money to this and these men are running around on millions of millions of dollars worth of jets and the fuel it takes to go all over the place to manipulate people out of their hard-earned money, and they do this in the name of Jesus. People are conforming to the pattern of this world after these men that have done so, after worldly things, because people are not guarding their minds. 
they're not taking Romans chapter 12 and, and, and verse 2 and really seeking the will of God and really pouring into the scriptures and soaking up the scriptures and studying the scriptures because it's important that we do this so that we don't fall prey to some of these things, so that we don't fall prey to the Black Lives Movement political agenda, so we don't fall prey to things that we don't need to be a part of because God has called us not to be a part of them. So we must do our due diligence in guarding our mind, and we do that by studying the scriptures, by testing everything that we hear, testing everything that we see. We have to test it against the standard, and that is the final authority of God's word. Sola Scriptura, scripture alone. There is nothing needed outside of the Bible. I love good books that talk about different doctrines, different things about Christian life, especially if it's uh, a sound book by a sound author. But that's not the final authority. The final authority that we have is the 66 books that we find in the Word of God. So I want to encourage you, in a time where we have so much pulling us in many different ways, so many different agendas, so much propaganda, so many things that are happening right in front of us on a daily basis, I want to encourage you to not only guard your heart, but guard your mind And if need be, transform your mind. Change your thinking. Repent of thinking in a worldly manner. Repent of falling prey to man-made ideologies and godless ideologies and, and bowing the knee, so to speak, to some things that are not of God. And you may need to repent of those things and, and get back in step with the Word of God. But everything that you see, everything that you do, everything that is said, run it through the final living word of God. One of my favorite passages in all of Scripture about the word of God comes from the book of Hebrews, uh, Hebrews chapter 4, and I believe it's verse 12. I'm going to get my Bible open right here and look at it. I should have it memorized. That's part of renewing your mind is is studying and memorizing Scripture. I want to encourage you to do so. Uh, memorize that Scripture. Hide it in your heart, the Bible says, so that you can recall these things. Whenever you're faced with uh, different things in this life, whenever things have come up and you're like, oh, man, this kind of sounds right, but I'm not sure, hide Scripture in your heart so you can call upon it, memorize it, meditate on it, so you'll have it readily available. But always keep a Bible close by as well. But I want to read this to you. Verse 12 of Hebrews chapter 4. And this is about the word of God, the final authority. For the word of God is living and active. That is a beautiful thing about the Bible, that it is not antiquated, that although many Bibles across the world are collecting dust in somebody's back dash or up on somebody's mantle right now, that doesn't mean it's an old antiquated dead book. This Bible is living, it is active, And it goes on to say it's sharper than any two-edged sword. So it's not only living and active, it's sharp. And this is what it does. It pierces to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Verse 13 says, And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. 
So this is what the Bible does for us as we read it, as we study it, as we understand it to be the final authority of God. It opens us up, for lack of a better phrase. It gets inside of us, and it fillets us. It exposes who we are. It exposes our sin. It exposes the areas in our lives where we have bowed the knee or we have given in or have been manipulated into becoming part of the world and looking like the world, and it causes us to need to repent. We are all exposed when we read the Bible. I think because we don't like to be exposed by the living Word of God, many people throw it up on their dash after Sunday morning service, and it stays there until the next Sunday because they don't dare go back on Wednesday night. Or if it's sitting on their bookshelves collecting dust, they don't want to open it because they know they're going to be challenged by the Word of God. They know that they're going to be opened up by the Word, and it's going to have their life laid out before them, and they're going to have to make changes in their life. Sadly, men love darkness more than they do the love of the Lord. Men love their sin. So I think that's why we find so much dust collecting on a lot of Bibles all across this world. Don't let that be you. You need to open the Bible. You need to let it show you where you're missing the mark. You need to let it show you where you failed. You need to let it get inside of you, expose you, so you can repent of sin and not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may be able to discern the will of God. The mind that is set on worldly things, the mind and heart that is set on sin and living in the midst of sin, cannot discern the will of God, it is when you open the Bible and read it, it is then when you are exposed, the sin is exposed, you repent of that sin, and you can begin to discern God's will by reading God's word. So I want to encourage you, if you have your Bible, read it, read it, study it, get somebody that you can go to the coffee shop with if there's one open, or if you need to just go to somebody's house, you sit down with them, you study a Bible with them, you ask them questions, you you get in it yourself at home. Fathers, you lead your families in it. But I want to encourage you, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I pray that this will help you not see things in uh, just a down, depressing way in our world that all of these things that are going on around us are just part of God's plan as well, but you're going to submit yourself to his word and not anything of this world. Hope this has been of encouragement to you. Uh, please, if you if you need anything, please feel free to reach out, doctrinematterspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, hit the button in uh, the comment section. Leave us a comment. Find us on YouTube, Doctrine Matters Podcast. We are just starting to put the episodes there. Hit subscribe if you would. That would be awesome. I appreciate that. And uh, just want to thank you for listening. I know we've got some faithful listeners. You are a blessing to me. I appreciate you listening and hanging in there with me. And again, I'd love to help you in any way possible. So reach out and stay in the Word. And until next time, have a great day. And God bless. God bless.